0: This scripture reading is from the 13th chapter of the Gospel of John, and I know that all you Bible scholars remember that the 13th chapter of the Gospel of John is all about the Last Supper, the meal that, in, that's noted in the Gospel of John, and so um, I'll talk about that some more, but this is, a, this is toward the very end of that chapter, after the meal. When he had gone out, well, actually, at, when they were they're at the end of the meal, they're still in the room, Judas had left. I give you a new commandment, that you love one another. Just as I have loved you, you also should love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples, if you have love for one another. That's the end of the reading. I ask you the question about the, the best example that you've ever had. Maybe the, the embodiment of the best example that you've, that you've ever had. Does anybody, would anybody like to just share the name or, or what position that person occupied in your life? You don't have to tell the story, but you can just say Bob, or, and he was a teacher, or Mary, she was a nurse, or whatever. Anybody? Mike, my mentor at work. Mike you're what? Mentor. mentor at work. All right? Yes. Okay, Sergeant First Class Robert McFall showed us how to take care of people as, as a leader who had a position and who was in charge of people. Okay, others? I thought I saw another hand somewhere. Yes, ma'am. Tyne Wilson, my grandmother. Tyne Wilson, grandmother. Very good. All right, others? Yes, ma'am. Your mother. Your mother, okay. Others? Your sister, okay. Yes. Okay, a friend at work who was 10 years older and 20 years wiser. Yes, isn't that nice? Yes. Your father. Yes. Okay. All right. Others. Yes. Lady who kept my brother and I as kids and almost became or did become an adoptive grandmother. Okay. All right. So, lady who took care of you as kids and, and became like an adoptive grandmother. Awesome. Others. Anybody else? Yes. I'm sorry. Spiritual godmother. Excellent. Anybody else? What's interesting is in, in my life, and this is it's probably just me because I, I'm, I can, well, you all know me, I can be a little resistant to things oftentimes. Some of the best examples I've ever had were actually what I call reverse mentors. They taught me what not to do. Because I watched them and I saw them do things and I was like, that is not how I'm going to do that. That is not how I want to be. I've learned probably more that way um, than I have from, from other things, which is sort of interesting, and I'm, I'm sure that it has—we don't want to get into my psychology, but I'm sure that has a lot to do with me and how I operate. But, but it's just been interesting for me to think about examples, and the reason why I bring that up, the reason why I bring this example up is Jesus says in John 13 15 which is before this this chapter and verse and if you want to bring up that chapter on your phone or something you want to read through that at some point today i encourage you to do that it's a great it's just a great piece there's a lot of stuff about judas in there too but then he's at you know this passover meal or this last supper with his disciples and does anybody know what happens in that meal right right not too long before this he does something pretty significant washes their feet. Right. A couple weeks ago in the children's message, I talked about, I brought a towel out and I talked about how Jesus served. And so he, he, he washes their feet, which, which really, I mean, that, that would have been like the CEO of, of a company, you know, coming and being your table server for the, for your meal at some recognition. Like it just was something you would go, that, that's strange. That 's weird, that should not really supposed to happen. He's not supposed to be serving me. I'm supposed to be serving him. you know that sort of thing. That's because Jesus was the teacher, He was the rabbi, He was the exalted one. And in, in the Middle East, especially at that time, that if you occupied a role, you didn't act in the role of someone below you. And so Jesus. You know, takes off he takes his robe off, he ties a towel around his waist, he gets down and he washes their feet, because they would have had their feet washed when they came into any building, any home, after they'd been traveling for a while. They would have had a generally had a servant there or someone someone you know low in the household pecking order who was there washing feet. But Jesus did it as a symbol. And and then he said, And I give you an example. That's the word that we we, that gets translated in English most of the time. I give you an example. In the Greek, uh, the word can, can say, I set for you a pattern. I show you a figure to copy. I'm giving you a model. And I don't know about you, but most of our education really is built off of this kind of idea that we would learn from the masters, we would learn from the people who have the, the newest knowledge, the best procedures, the way of doing things, we would follow their example and then as, as we sort of got that into our bones, then we would, we'd be able to go and freelance, be able to put our own little thing on it. You know, a lot of the great painters said you know, the best way to learn to be an artist is to try to copy the greats try to copy their brushstrokes, try to copy the way they do things, because then you will begin to be able to learn your own way of doing it. You'll take the best of what you've been given and then you'll make it your own. That's, that's, that's how to become one of the greats is to do that. And so we often do that. We learn, we learn from people who are supposedly you know 20 years wiser than us, who've been down the road farther, who been shown and who've proven that they that they can they do things well and we we can follow their example and that's what Jesus says here he says you know I give you an example love like this love like this as I have washed your feet so you should wash each other's feet and I don't know I don't think that you know, especially John. John is a master of metaphor. Jesus did not intend that necessarily literally. But there are churches and congregations that, that when they have the sacrament of the Lord's Supper, before they have that, they wash each other's feet. Because that went together in the scripture. They take that very literally as a command. That they should wash each other's feet. But as we think about it, again, it's, it's pretty simple, right? It's, we should serve one another. We should love one another. Love like this. A lot of people will talk about, well, you know, if you don't, if you know, if you only believe in Jesus as an example, then you really don't have him as your savior. I think that's an interesting and interesting thing to talk about. However, most of us would say we have Jesus as our Savior, but sometimes we don't follow his example very well, anyway. And here he says, I give you this model. I give you this example. I give you this pattern. You should love like this. And what, did, what else did you just teach about love? He said he talked all the time about what was central and core to his teaching, which is love God, love, love God, love neighbor, love and then just for fun he threw in something a little more difficult love your enemies love your enemies I mean because love God love your neighbor love yourself like oh yeah no problem sure I mean loving your neighbor is pretty hard I don't know what kind of neighbors you have but but he didn't mean just your next door neighbor he meant you know your neighbors but then love yourself love yourself. That's, that's the one that we often forget, especially those of us who, who, who would much rather be serving other people and doing things for other people. We, we, we're like, well, I just need to be served. I need to be giving. I need to be doing all these things. And then, and then one day we wake up and we're angry. And we're like, I don't understand why I'm angry. And it's like, well, it's because I've been giving myself, giving myself, giving myself. I'm not getting anything in return. We forgot to love ourselves. Love like this, we ought to wash our own feet, metaphorically. We ought to take care of ourselves. It's an old axiom, right? You can't give what you don't have. You can't give what you don't have. So if if you can't honestly be with yourself and care for yourself and give yourself grace, the grace that you give to other people is incomplete because you're still withholding it from yourself. In all the coaching work and in some of the pastoral counseling work I do, this is one of the themes that keeps popping up, is, is people will have all kinds of grace for other people. They're, they're so generous with their grace for other people. They're, I mean, we might call it letting them off the hook even. It's so, you know. But boy, if they make one little mistake, one little faux pas, one little thing, they remember that thing, you know, Forever. Remember that thing forever. I know that most of us probably wouldn't want the, the, the voice inside of our head that we talk to ourselves with. We wouldn't want that recorded and played aloud. Because we wouldn't talk to our best friend that way. We wouldn't talk to our worst enemy that way probably. Just go on a golf course once and hear what golfers say after they make a bad shot. That's the tape that's going on in their own head probably all the time. It isn't very pretty sometimes. Because they don't just say, oh, that was a bad shot. They say, you idiot. What are you doing? You know, well, that's really motivating to me, isn't it? You know, like, but I wouldn't, I don't think I'd say that to you. You know? Because I don't think that's going to motivate you very well if you've, if you've messed up or made a little mistake and I come to you and, you idiot. Love God, love neighbor, love self. And we love like this, because Jesus set this example, and his example goes so deep and so rich, right? It's, it, is, it is the mystery of his life and his death and his resurrection. This central thing about him is how he gave himself so freely, and how he then continues to give himself so freely to us and that's and we memorialize that and live into that in a real way with his real presence in every time we come around this table. Because it is we believe Jesus giving of himself wholly and completely through this meal reminding us of this fountain of grace that comes from God for us and for all people. For all people. Love like this, serve, give, be generous, be gracious. When we started talking about this renovation project, we talked about it a lot as a stewardship issue. And... An elder who is now since dead, who was an elder at Grace Covenant, uh, Jack Corley, just a wonderful man. He was a moderator of our presbytery for a year. Just a great, solid, solid Presbyterian guy, you know. And he always said that stewardship is everything after you say "I believe." Stewardship is everything after you say "I believe." It is the way that you live your life, the way you use your resources. And we looked at this physical space, this, this sanctuary that had, had been built in 1965 and had served this congregation so well. And we said, you know, we're only using it an hour a week. Every other space in the building is being used so much more for God's purposes. We, 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 needed, we think we need to do this for us. We think this is where God is leading it for us as a congregation. But we want to do this so that we can continue to bless, use this facility as a tool to bless this community and this world. And so as we looked at the designs and as we looked at things, we wanted to make it so that we could use it for so much more than just amazing, wonderful worship. As we began looking at this project, we we knew that we didn't just want it to be for us because that felt pretty empty. We wanted, we wanted this to be a place still where we could continue to bless the community with worship, to draw us together and draw more people in the, in the worship of God and send them out to be God's people and followers, to be the disciples, to follow Jesus' example, to follow his command to love one another. But we also wanted this to become a place that was known for blessing the community, a place where people could come for meetings or for concerts or, or for events or for trainings that, that would help to bless this community. And so we pray as a leadership, as a church, that that would happen, that we would be able to use this in God's name as a tool to love like this. One of the things I want to say about this is that oftentimes this, this passage about loving one another, you should love one another, you should follow this example, you should serve one another, that oftentimes, unfortunately, gets used as a tool to, to also sort of manipulate people into feeling bad if they're not meeting other people's needs in the way that they, ha- that they want to be met. If that makes sense, or expending themselves all the time serving and not taking any time for themselves. That's why I talked about love self. Most a lot of people would say we're 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 too we're too inner focused as a culture. I don't know about that. I, I I don't I don't I don't think we're so inner focused. I think I think what we've missed is the part about caring for ourselves. About caring for ourselves to be able to care for others. Pastors and oftentimes nurses and social workers and, and other people in caring professions are often the worst at this. They often have the worst health, the worst eating habits, and because but what are they doing? They're taking care of other people all the time. I just don't have time for myself. I've got all this stuff to do. I've got to care for this person. i got to do this. I've got to do that. i got to do the other thing. And then all of a sudden, it sneaks up on them, and they're in the hospital. They had a stroke or a heart attack. And they go, oh... All this stuff I was doing, I forgot about me. Forgot about me. And now I've got a long road back to where I can even begin to care for other people because my body said no more of this. Love God. Love neighbor. Love self. Love your enemies. Wash each other's feet. Love like this. It's a tall tall order. And let's be honest, in today's world, it gets harder not just to love your enemies, but to love people quote unquote on the other side of the aisle. Because the language that we use with one another is not gracious. It is, in my opinion, not helpful. I believe that people who follow Jesus, what, what I call the sent-out ones, Jesus' disciples, we need to be the ones leading the charge. Because being gracious and being loving does not mean that you're soft either. You still need to say the things you need to say, and, and, but you can say it in such a way as to not denigrate the people that you are with and talking to and around. It's so easy for us. We want to divide up the world into us and them because it just makes life easier, right? If we've got a common enemy, man, that's more fun. Let's go get them. Let's teach them a lesson. The harder work and the Jesus work is to go together and seek to try to build something together. We may not agree on everything, but generally, in a room, if you can get people to honestly talk and listen to each other, there are things that we can agree on. And we can build upon that to move forward. In this congregation, it's this very much the same. We don't all agree on worship. Some of us want a hard pew, straight up, looking at God. Because we are afraid that God wants to look at us. Some of us want to be in chairs, around tables. Some of us would rather be on the floor. We don't agree on worship. What what do we agree on? We want to worship God. We want to help other people worship God. We want the next generation to worship God. We want to gather people in. And so we're willing to do whatever it takes to draw people in, to show them a way of worshiping that welcomes them in a way that touches their lives. So we love each other like this it is the hardest thing we'll ever do. I give you a new commandment that you love like this, that you love one another just as I have loved you. You also should love one another. By this All people will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. May we, as followers of Jesus, love like this. Amen.